Hiding place. This is a uh, sixth or seventh week in this series, and if, if you're visiting with us today or if you hadn't been here in a bit, uh, th- this is about the hiding place, right? This right here is about the hiding place, and we had this built to just talk about how when I was growing up, there was a, a, a thing with me and my brother and my friends. We would build forts, and it passed a lot of summer days. We would just build them, and it was just fun. But I can remember several times when things weren't going great in my life, I would go out to that fort and I would hide, right? I would hide from the storms of life. We all need a hiding place. We, we've identified that. And if we don't recognize in our own life that we need a hiding place, we wind up hiding somewhere we shouldn't be. So the, the, the idea is I can't be so prideful. I can't be so strong. I can't be all of that. And say, you know what? I got this, God. I got this marriage. I got this finance. I got this. Because one day you're going to wake up and go, I ain't got nothing. (laughs) Because you wind up hiding in a place you shouldn't hide in. And so we we all, it's, it's verbatim, humanity, we need. God created that void in us. We need a hiding place. You go over to Psalms. And this is where we base this whole series out of. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So we took that into the covenant names of God. And so you should have found a card on your seat today. If you've already taken one, take another one. Because uh, there's only two weeks left, left in the series. If you've got some, a friend that can't come to church on Sundays... Grab one, take it, put it. If you got family somewhere else you want to mail one to, please take them. But the covenant names of God. And so God has this opportunity in the Old Testament to teach us who he is, the characteristics of God. And these, these are the names that he chose to be called. And in every one of these names, we can find a hiding place. And so we find the hiding place. But the neat thing is you fast forward to the New Testament And Jesus embodies every one of these covenant names. Everywhere in the New Testament, you can find Jesus being one of these covenant names. Because God took all that he was and put in his son. And his son came to this earth and said, you know what? God became man. The word became flesh. And so you can't relegate these goofy names. Goofy, not, not in a weird, they're hard to say. You can't relegate, like Steve preached last week, and he, Jehovah Muckadesh. Well, if you're from Tennessee, that's Jehovah Muckadesh. <laughs> like, you just slow it down a little bit. So, but, but don't be weirded out by, by the, the verbiage there. Focus more on what that name means. And so Jesus, Jesus did all that for us. So let, let's keep going. And you, you think about, so let's look at covenant. Covenant defined a contract in the Bible, an agreement between God and his people in which God makes promises to his people. Think about this for a second. The God of this universe is making a contract, a covenant with us saying, this is who I'm going to be to you. No matter what the world's told you about God, no matter how bad maybe church has messed you up in the past, no matter what kind of uh, garbage that you have in your mind about God, I hope this series has helped you to realize how much God loves you. Because he's saying, this is who I want to be for you. So much so 
that covenant is a contract in the Bible, an agreement between God and his people in which God makes promises to his people. The only, the only responsibility that we have in this contract is to say, you're God. You say, what? I don't have to give enough. I don't have to be enough. I don't have to work enough. I don't. Discipleship's a different story. The only way that you can uphold your end of this is saying, yeah, you're God. Think about that for a second. Think about just coming to a place in your life where you acknowledge, yes, God, you're God. And yeah, I'm, I got some areas in my life that I need to shore up, but I'm going to let you help me do that because you showed me all of these names. You're my righteousness. You're my sanctifier. You're my peace. You're, and, and so all, all these names, God's just saying, hey, guys, this is who I am. So, so if you, you think about Jehovah Rohi, and again, everybody pronounces these names different. I mean, you can get online, and I have, and you click how to say it, and then it says one thing, and then it says, I'm going to say it Rohi. Good? Jehovah Rohi. Say it with me. I feel better all the time. Yeah, if you, you'll just say that with me. Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd. So today, we're going to talk about a hiding place in this covenant name of God that he's, he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Let's define shepherd. Guide or direct in a particular direction. So we get this name from Psalms 23. And I think I just, I flew by it. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I lack nothing. And for a long time, this has been relegated to, you know, you go to a funeral and this is the scripture, right? And, and I get that and there's comfort in that. But there's so much more in there about living than dying. And there's so much about a shepherd leading and guiding and directing us. And so the covenant name today is Jehovah Rahi, my shepherd. So let's, let's jump in and, and let's just see, see what God has for us. Now, I, I have a shepherd staff. It's really, it is cool. <laughs> Somebody said cool. You seen this? Now, yeah, yeah, it's really neat. So shepherd staff, and I want you to think about the staff all throughout the sermon today, Okay. Um, shepherd staff is used for a few things. First of all, it's used when the shepherd leaves the 99 to find one and he finds him in a ditch or a thicket or a well or down a mountain. And so the reason that they're curved is because they would reach out. The shepherd would reach out and grab the, the sheep, right? And pull it back to safety. The other end of it was really hard and so that end was used to do what? Beat off wild animals that were coming to get the sheep. Now, sheep are stupid. Anybody ever been around sheep? They're just dumb. And I love the analogy of God saying, I'm your shepherd. <laughs> Basically saying you're dumb. And you know, you're in your quiet time and you're like, I know God. But, but can you help me out here? Could, could you help me out? And so, so think about, I mean, um, any cat people here? I'm so sorry. Cats are stupid. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that, bro. Yeah. I'm more of a dog person because they, they actually know their name. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But you think, think about sheep. You think about sheep. And so... 
so you get this analogy, and it's an it's a unbelievable analogy that God gives us all through the Bible of us being his sheep and him being our shepherd. And it, it's so sweet, and it's so amazing. And again, it's a hiding place. We know that we have the creator of the universe leading and guiding and directing us. And if we stop being so tough, we'll realize, you know what? I need that. So number one, because God is our shepherd, we have everything we need. So the first part of Psalms 23, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And so everything that I, ha- I have need of has been given to me through Jesus. You go to Hebrews and look at it this way, and hopefully you'll take some notes today or get online and get these notes. Hebrews 13, 20, 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Now, don't, don't get lost in the verbiage here because that's pretty heavy. The writer of Hebrews here is, is going pretty deep. But he's saying, hey, God's a God of peace, so much so that he gave us his only son. And now that eternal covenant is brought back from the dead in our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Wow. Learn something today. Go a little bit deeper in your spiritual walk. Think about this. I mean, you're, you're looking at, at a, a formula that God set in place when he sent Jesus to this world. And now the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, this is what happened. The great shepherd was raised from the dead. And now he's, he, now he's looking out for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for us. He's saying, look, the the enemy crouches at the door, but I'm much greater than the enemy. I've overcome the enemy on the cross. So many days we live defeated. And and we, we get all bound up in our head when we have this great Savior that's looking out for us, the shepherd. So to equip you with every good for doing his will And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen means so be it. It's done. It's written. It's said. It's done. And so you get this whole idea right here of God loving us so much. He's a God of peace. And again, if you're here today and you've got a a scared view of God, I I want you to know he loved you so much he sent his only son. So the God of peace then raises Jesus from the dead, and Jesus went through all he did at the cross. Now we have this great shepherd looking out for us at the right hand of God, making intercession for us, and then all the way to the fact of equipping us. Some of you in this room right now, you know God has called you to do something, and you feel inadequate. God has equipped us with everything that we need for all good works, the Bible says. And so, yeah, there's prayer. Yes, there's wisdom. Yes, there's counsel. But sometimes, sometimes you just got to get your feet wet, right? Sometimes you just got to say, you know what? And this is hard for a pastor to say because some of you are sitting out there and you'll come to me next week and go, we're leaving the church. We're going here. And I'm like, no, that's not what God meant. God, God didn't mean that. No, but, but the idea is, God, we have everything. We lack for nothing. We lack for nothing spiritually. We lack for nothing in, in the gifts and talents that God has given us. Number two, because God is our shepherd, we have peace. Peace keeps popping up in all these covenant names, doesn't it? And you know why? Because God knows that humanity needs peace. Psalms 23, 2, in the first part of verse 3, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Now, don't, don't 
start hearing this scripture like you've heard it before, think about this. He, who is he? The shepherd. So the shepherd leads me. He directs me into green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. So in green pastures, I get fed, right? Because nobody wants to eat dead stuff. So I get fed in green pastures, and then how, I can't drink out of a flowing river that's just crazy going. So a shepherd leads me to quiet waters so that I can go down and I can be like, not that I drink that way, but <laughs> Scott, stop laughing at me, man. Yeah, so, but this whole thing right here is about refreshing our soul. So many of us would have such a greater life if we would realize that every day of our life, we need to go into those green pastures. We need to taste of living water. And when we do, it refreshes our soul. If you would get a habit in your life of spending time with God every day, I'm not talking about quick hits. I'm talking about, God, this is your time. This is me and you time. If you would get a habit in your life, some months you go through, you'll be like, I didn't feel nothing. That's all right. Keep doing it. Just keep on keeping on because it's working something in you. And before you know it, you'll be at a place where you feel refreshed. And, and when you need that word from God, it'll come to you. John says, says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. When the, then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Hold on, hold on, right there, right there. So in the time that, that Jesus is saying these words and, and when, you know, shepherds are walking around, we think about a sheep gate as a fence. Well, there's very little wood in, in the ge- geographical area. And so what shepherds would do is they would find the backside of a mountain. They'd find the backside of a mountain and then they would move rocks in or they would build off, you know, something, that natural thing. But there wasn't a gate. And so here's what they would do. When it was time to go to bed, they would lay down at, at the opening where they moved the, sh- the sheep through. Come on, y'all got to get this. So they lay down and they sleep there to say, if you're going to get to these sheep, you're going to have to come over me. So beautiful. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. Satan, if you want, if you want that dude... You're going to have to come past the cross. The great shepherd. It's, it's just such a beautiful analogy of the gospel. And I think sometimes we just fly right over that. And you know what? He is our shepherd. He's the shepherd of our kids. He's the shepherd of everything that we have. Verse, verse 13. The man runs away because he is a hired hand. I'm going to sneeze. Hang on. Maybe. No. He's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. He knows when a hair falls from our head. He knows us by name. And I've told you this before. My given name is Jason. I don't know what God calls me. I I mean, I really don't. I mean, I I think because he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. I, I, 
He knows us by name. Isn't that amazing? Let's keep going. Number three, God shepherds us by guiding us on the right path for his glory. Psalms 23, the second part. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Think about this for a second. So a shepherd is to guide and to direct and to help, to save, to rescue, to chase after. And now we, we get to this place where we see, now he guides me for whose sake? My sake? Because if he guides me along the right path for my sake, then when things in my life aren't going really well, I think God has left the building. Right? I mean, think about it that way. If, if things in my life, and I think, oh, wow, how did I get here? Well, you got there because you're making stupid decisions. God says, no, I'm going to guide and direct you for my name's sake. In other words, if you will listen to me, if you'll read your Bible, if you will just adhere and have a willing spirit, you, you will come to that place where I'm going to keep guiding and directing you so one day you'll have a testimony and you'll be, you'll be one of those people that other people look at and go, why are you so happy? How did life turn out good for you? Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. And you can introduce them to Jesus. So, so it's one of those deals where it's like, all right, so God, you, you, you keep leading me. And you lead me down the path that you would have for me, the right path, the right path. Young people in this room right now, you'll be bombarded with paths in your life. Of course, there's not many because it's 830 service, but they're all in bed right now. There are a few. You'll have many paths that present themselves to you in this world. Many. Choose the right one. Choose the right one. How do I choose that? I listen to the Lord. I listen to the Holy Spirit in my heart, and I, I know we all look. There's a bunch of bunch of us. Even when you were a teenager, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has entered you. You know what's right, don't you? We all do. We know what's right. Do we love to do it? No, because we're flesh. But when we take the right path, it's for His namesake, and He, if we'll allow Him, He'll nudge us to the right path. So keep going, Kim, and look at this, Isaiah forty eleven. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He, ga- he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Wow. It's beautiful, isn't it? Think about parents in this room right now. Think about all the times that you've really struggled in how to raise your kids. And maybe your kids are perfect. I've raised two of them. Um, mine aren't perfect, nor am I, nor is my wife. They're precious and they're awesome. And at some point I do think they're perfect, but none of us are perfect. Look at this. Our shepherd tends the flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs into his arms and carries them close to his heart. Like picking up a little baby. When your kids were little, maybe, and you pick them up and you gather them into your arms. When I would come home from work years ago, Chelsea would... Chelsea would be at the door and randomly go, Daddy's home. And, and the door would fly open and, and she would run, 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 and jump in my arms. Just gather her up. She's 23 now. She's about to have a own lamb of her own. A baby, not a lamb, but. <laughs> but he gently leads those that have young. 
you hear it, to me, that, that's just like, hey, you've got to. So in other words, he's, he's, he's pulling the young in Christ or the young in age into his arms. And then he's leading. To me, this is such a picture of parenthood. He's leading the parents. If we'll allow him, he's leading the parents of the young. And just kind of, hey, no, don't go over there. If you lead your lamb over there, there's a lion or there's this or that or the other. And he's gently, gently leading us. I love, I love the word gently because I am not a gentle person. But I'm working on it. And I have been working on it. And, and I, I love the idea. And, and that's how I think God deals with us sometimes. And he comes to, like, look, I'm going to be gentle with you. You need to be gentle with those around you. It's so, so, so beautiful. Leads those that have young. Keep going, Kim. First Peter 2.25, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Wow. So if I submit to my shepherd, and I submit to his will for my life, and I, I have a willing spirit, and I go before him and say, You know what? Uh, God, I, I need you to be my shepherd. I need a hiding place. I need a hiding place. And that's what God does for us. He oversees our soul. This is some deep stuff, man. You think about it. Like, he oversees our soul. And my soul is who I am. My soul is is what's going to last forever. He oversees that. He's an overseer. He's a foreman of my soul. He watches out for my soul. Number four. Because God is our shepherd, we do not need to fear. Because God is our shepherd, we do not need to fear. Psalms 23, 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So you got, you got David saying, hey, I'm getting hemmed on, on every, every area here. And I, I'm scared. We don't like to admit being scared, do we? We, we just don't like it. Because we got people counting on us. We got people that are depending on us. We, we, don't, we don't like to admit that we're scared of things. We don't like that fear in our lives. But when you get to a place of brokenness and you get to a place of, God, you are my refuge, you are my strength, you're my fortress, there's an element of that that comes back and you're like, I don't got this, but I know you do. So your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It is so amazing how, how we've gotten this pictorial of God all throughout the ages. I guess the church is to blame for this. And, and he's an angry God. And, and he's, this, no, no, he said, I'm a shepherd. I'm your shepherd. Would you listen to me just for a second? I am your shepherd. So much so that no matter what I'm going through in life, I know that you are with me. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I know that you're with me every step of the way, God. And so no matter what I face today, I know you're going to help me through it. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wow. Now, how many days of our life do we live being so tough and we don't need a hiding place and we forget that God's going, hey, Hello, Jehovah Rohi, here I am trying to be your shepherd. I've made a way to be your shepherd. I've made a way 
to help you. I've made a way. And we keep just, just kicking against the goads like Paul and Saul at that time. We just keep going. And, and God's going, all right. But when we, when we, yeah, but when we let go, he comes down and says, come here. Come here, Jason. You are so stupid, but I love you anyway. <laughs> it's just a fact. I know I'm stupid. God's told me many times, you're, yeah, you're dumb. Come here. Here's the, I mean, oh, I wish we had a building that seated 5,000 people because I would just only preach this once today. I don't know if I'll be able to get this out of me again in two more services. I'm going to do my best. But I just know this. This covenant name of God to me, because of the way I grew up, is so comforting in me after having children, being married, having children, after walking through 16 years of ministry. It is so comforting to me to know that I don't have to be tough all the time. I don't have to be scared of this world, but I don't have to be tough all the time. I can sneak away. And I can go to the beach or I can go hunting and I can just say, Lord, I'm not even going to load my gun today because I need you. Like, I need you in my life. Wow. Now, because God is our shepherd, we do not fear. Keep going, Kim. God is our shepherd has provided an eternal destiny of peace. Now, we're going to have communion today. If you're serving communion, would you go now and go quick? Quick means leave as fast as you can. Quick's got a different meaning for everybody. <laughs> Dan, you are on it, man. Well done, sir. God as our shepherd has provided an eternal destiny of peace. We talk about peace and talk about not fearing. He's my shepherd. So the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep, right? We just read that. And so if you, if you think on it that way, you have to come to a place where you're like, all right, so here's, here's David on the backside of a mountain, and his only job is to watch the sheep. But he took it seriously. I think he named the sheep, because we get the analogy that Jesus knows his sheep by name. And, and so he's, he's out there, and you know he's probably sitting there going, I don't know. Hey, Bo Cephas, get back over here. What's another good name? Glenn, what do you got? What? Hey, Fluffy. Get back over here. That was a good one. Hey, Skinny. Get back over here. And so, so you, you, get, you get this idea of if the sheep knows the shepherd's voice, when it's time to go to bed, the sheep aren't worried about anything. Why? Because they know the shepherd is laid right at the gate. They understand that if any lion or any wolf or anything comes their way, that the shepherd is going to turn that loving hook around and he's going he's to break some bad on whatever's trying to get in to get them. So they just lay down and sleep. And then they wake up the next morning, leads them into green pastures. Go ahead and eat. Then he takes them by quiet waters. And then they have a little campfire together. One, one of them, yeah, I'm, I love this analogy. One of them gets stuck in a thicket. Gotcha. Come here, come here, boy. The other 99 are smarter than you because they're over there and I had to come find you. 
Psalms 23, 5 and 6, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You prepare a table. That's peace. That's in the face of adversity. That's in the face. Now, when I, when I was much younger, and I don't do this anymore because it's a sin, I would eat Taco Bell all the time. I know. Pipes aren't working like they used to, so... I, but 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 I, I can remember preaching on this in youth years ago, and I used that analogy of Taco Bell with kids, and I, I'd be like, you know, sometimes Taco Bell just treats you wrong. <laughs> really wrong. And, and if you understand anything about anxiety, anxiety affects how your stomach, how you think, what you eat, how does it affect your body? Anxiety, worry will just kill you. You prepare a table, a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So in other words, in the face of adversity, I can sit down in the face of what life is throwing at me right now and I can eat. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Got everything I need, I like nothing. Because he's the great shepherd. Verse 6. I love this. Oh, man, I love this. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Now, don't lose the analogy of the shepherd. Because the shepherd's following the sheep. See, we just read this and we go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. There's a whole, there's a whole pictorial being painted for us here. And it's like, hey, you're following me. You're not going to let me go. You're not going to let me fall off that cliff. You're going to come rescue me when I need help. You're following me. You're following me. Surely your goodness and love as the great shepherd are going to follow me all the days of my life. There's not one instant, one microsecond as a child of God that we could ever say, God, you weren't there. He is ever present all the time. Now, whether or not we want to acknowledge that, that's between you and God, but he's always there. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Eternal destiny. Here's the great thing about Christianity. We accept God's love, and we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We have an eternal destiny set for us. There's a house being built for you at the moment that you put your faith in Jesus. God says, you know what? I'm going to start laying the foundation. Wow. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And ever and ever and ever and ever. It's a good gig. I'm just going to tell you straight up, Christianity is an amazing thing. Does it make all the bills go away? No. Does it make life easier on certain days and just floating around on clouds? No, but I will tell you this. The great shepherd has made a way for us for his goodness and his love to follow us all the days of our life. I am more focused now on finishing the race than I've ever been. And that takes on a bunch of different facets. But I know that I can do that because his goodness and love is fine. Jason? Come here. Get, come here. Get. 
What an amazing thing God did by giving us this covenant name. Our shepherd. He's our shepherd. So much so, he sent his only son to die for us. Now, we're about to have communion. We have an open communion here. only thing we, we ask that you would do is that you would do some personal inventory as you're being served. And can I just say this? Don't talk while you're being served communion. Amen? That's, a, that's an introspective time. It's a sacred time where you can sit. And all the busyness that we have in life, what's it going to hurt for you not to talk for a good three minutes and ask God to deal with you in your heart? Right? It's just out of, not even reverence. It's, it's for your good. So, so please don't talk while you're being served. We have an open communion. We just ask that, you know, if you know the Lord, do some personal inventory. And then the Bible is very plain. That, that to join in communion with God is through a relationship in Jesus Christ. Have you been saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know Jesus? How do I do that, Jason? It's a faith issue. You just simply put your faith, your faith, nobody else's faith, nobody can do it for you. Put your faith in the fact that you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. He took our death and sin on the cross. They placed him in the grave, and he rose from that grave on the third day. And when you believe that in your heart, the Bible says in Corinthians that you're made into a new creation. And that's when the journey starts. That's when the fun starts. And I'm telling you with all my heart, because I've experienced it, Jesus is at the door right now going, come here. I will pull you in. I will love you. I will protect you. And I will change your life like you can't imagine. Would you bow your heads all over this place? Say, Jason, that's me. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I need, I need that in my life. It's a faith issue. If that's you and you're sitting in these seats right now, or maybe, maybe as a kid you knew the Lord, but you need to come, you need to come back to God. Maybe there, there's an element in your life right now where you know that you know that you know that you need to come back to Jesus and rededicate your life. Say, I want to I put my faith in Jesus today. If that's you, Anyone in this room, lift your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back down. I need Jesus in my life. I see you. I see your hand. Thank you. It's awesome. Anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand. So I need a fresh start. It's a new day. Oh, I'm so excited that people are saying, yeah, I need Jesus in my life. Anyone else? If you raised your hand right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to profess your faith. I want to pray with you. And I, I just challenge you to get people around you. Tell someone that you made a decision today. And uh, go to the tent. Email the church. Whatever you can do to get, get off on this great path that God's got you on. But pray with me real quick. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for being the great shepherd. Thank you for chasing me. And right now, I just ask God that you would forgive me. Lord, let there be an awakening in my heart that sets me on the right path because that's the way you're leading me. So right now I'm confessing in my heart, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He was born of a virgin. I believe with all my heart he lived a sinless life. He took my death and sin on the cross. I believe with all my heart, Lord, that he, he was placed in a grave and he rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe with all my heart he's in heaven today looking out for me, praying for me, and he's coming back for me one day. So at this very, very moment, Lord, I give you my life. And I thank you for forgiveness. And I thank you for a new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hang on to that communion. We'll all receive at the same time.